nine on defense, but six guys go out early for the draft, so now we have five back on offense and seven back on defense. So that in and of itself creates a few more question marks, but it also creates opportunity for other players to be able to shine in the program and contribute in a positive way. All right, Bertie and Nick Saban. Poor Nick was supposed to have nine returning starters on offense and defense and now only has, what, six and seven? Is that what he said? No, I, five I mean, and- <laughs> yeah, I, he, he did say that, but listen to the first uh, three seconds of this audio clip, what he says. Last year we had kind of a rebuilding year. <laughs> kind of a rebuilding year. Whoa, you made it to the national championship and won the SEC, and it was a rebuilding year. But it's true. Oh, my God. Was it true? Are are you sure? Well, yeah, it was true. They had a a first-time starter at quarterback. That won the Heisman. Yeah, but still, it was a rebuilding year. He just happened to rebuild really well. Jeez, Come on! I hope that I hope he's wrong about this. this is, and this is more sour grapes of trying to take a uh, Georgia's national championship away from him. A rebuilding year last year, didn't they? They curb stomped Georgia in the SEC title game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they did. Yeah, wasn't even a game. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that part of it has to be stealing some of Georgia's thunder. That has to be the case, right? I mean, that's right up Nick Saban's alley to do something like that in in a very subtle way to those that aren't paying attention. You may not even catch it, right? I, I, everyone caught it when he said that today <laughs> on a uh, Birmingham radio station. I did not know that rebuilding and Alabama uh, were two things that could roll into the same sentence, but here we are. Here we are, and I'm sure Georgia fans are like all PO'd about this today. Which, honestly, if that was his goal, um, I say that this is awesome content. Great job, Nick. Well, uh, yeah, I can't even hardly remember the national championship game. They tried to make a comeback, right? Well, Bama really – I think Bama controlled most of the game, and then was it Jamison Williams who got hurt? Yeah. Because Bama's – That's Bennett started letting it fly, hit that one great throw in the back of the end zone. But he also had a terrible turnover, and I thought that that was where the game was going to shift. He had a really bad turnover. Bama took advantage of it. And then, uh, yeah, he had uh, he had that deep ball that he hit on, but Bama was in control of that game, man. And they lost um, their two best receivers, one in the SEC championship game, one in the national championship game. Or I think Alabama, in a rebuilding year, wins the national championship last year. Yeah. Let's see. It was, it was 13-9 going into the fourth quarter with Georgia had the lead. And then... They outscored Alabama twenty to nine in the fourth. To uh, yeah, to I think they had, a, they had a pick six pretty late to really seal it. So, yeah. woo, Burley Boomer says Saban so pretentious. Yeah, there's hey, there's some truth to that. I have no doubt that he lit the South on fire today with that comment. I guess I don't, I don't see anything really wrong in what he said. You know they. The previous year was, you know, one of the best teams in college football history where you could have had three different guys 
theoretically uh, win the Heisman, maybe more <laughs> from that offense. So it, it there is a lot of truth to it. I, but, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's Alabama. They, I, I re- Reload more than rebuild is probably the, the word to use here. But Yeah. I mean, there's definitely truth to that, but it's it's all relative. You know, for him, it was a rebuild. You had a quarterback that threw for 4,500 yards, uh, a, a running back in Najee Harris that had 1,500 yards, and gosh, I don't even know how many receiving – probably 500 and do several more uh, touchdowns receiving. Yeah, so, I mean, it it holds up. It does. They also, I think they had like, they have like three offensive linemen taken too off of that 2020 team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patrick says, just tuned in. Who said what? Nick Saban said this. Last year we had kind of a rebuilding year. He just, Saban said that they had kind of a rebuilding year. <laughs> and Trent on the text line says, if you look at their season, they escaped a few close games. Overtime to Auburn, LSU had a chance, Arkansas had a chance. Season could have easily been different. Did Ole Miss have a chance at them too? Um, no, no, I don't no. think so. Auburn definitely did. Auburn had the lead very, very, very late in the fourth quarter. And I think LSU outplayed Alabama last year, but they didn't have the offense to find a way to win the game. Yeah. Well, what does that mean for this year? Well, um, probably domination. Probably an undefeated season. And in ter- there are six schools right now that are projected to be favored in every regular season game. Bama is one of those teams, and they're actually projected to be favored by double digits in every single game this year. That's with an SEC schedule, mind you. Wow. Well, um, I'm surprised there's not some people out there that have them as a dog to Texas in Austin because Austin's a tough place to play now. Let's see. They're at Arkansas, at Texas, at Arkansas, at Tennessee – uh, back-to-back weeks at Louisiana State and Ole Miss. I mean, that's a tough schedule, you know. I, it's not, you know, a murderer's row, but that's a. I think that that would qualify at Texas, at Arkansas, at LSU, at Tennessee. Like, those are some big-time environments. That's a tough schedule. And they're projected to be a double-digit favorite in every single one of those games. Right. That's just insane, man. But I, yeah. I do think that they're probably going to be that good, especially if they figure it out up front on the offensive line, which I'm sure they will. Yeah. It, it's – just looking at it, that is, that's a tough schedule. But they're, they're getting a lot of these teams at the right time. And I know they'll continue to play them, but – uh, I know at Arkansas is a way more difficult game than it's been in a long time. Um, at Tennessee is going to be a way more difficult game than that's been at a long time in a long time. But at LSU is still a. I mean, don't you still think that's a pretty favorable game for Alabama right now with the way LSU's been? I think or- LSU's one of the you know more unknown teams across the country. I don't. Like on the high end of what they could be, I don't think that that's an SEC champion team, but it could be it could be a tougher game than what we think it is right now. There's just so many unknowns with LSU. I'm trying to remember. 
did they they got a transfer? They got Jane Daniels from Arizona State. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. God, it's so hard to keep track of it the is, man. transfers, man. Especially at quarterback. I don't know how you do it. I know. There's, I mean, just think of Oklahoma's roster or uh, schedule, rather. Um, like, we have all the quarterbacks that we see that are going to be different from a year ago. It's pretty wild. And I know there's there's going to be some guys that are the same and some that didn't transfer, but it's just it's becoming a musical chairs for quarterbacks. Yeah, no, it is. Um, of the six schools that are projected to be favored in every single regular season game this year, would you like to take a guess at it? There are five Power 5 teams and a non-Power 5 team that I, I really don't think that you're going to get. So just try to guess the five. Power five teams projected to be favored in every single game. The five power five teams that are projected to be favored yes. in every Ar- game. Already said Bama, so there's your free space on your bingo card. Who are the other four? Bama, Ohio State. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I Georgia? Georgia is one. Yes, two more. Um... Uh, it can't be Notre Dame because they play not Ohio Notre Dame. State. Not Notre Dame. Um, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and think of who the top teams are coming into this year, and what conference they're in. Is That's it, very critical here. Is it Clemson? No, um, Clemson's not. I don't, I don't know who they'd be favored. I guess the Notre Dame game they wouldn't be favored in. It's Bama, Georgia, Ohio State. Oh. Oklahoma and Utah. I thought we were a dog against Texas right now. Well, that opened up last summer, and that may have been an offshore account, but they uh, opened up as like a one-point dog somewhere. Now, this is projected. I, I'm guessing what it projects to be at kickoff, the line. And OU projects to be a favor uh, to be a favorite at kickoff against Texas because they will be. Okay, so you said Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and who's the other? Utah is the other Power 5 team. Yeah. Air Force is the non-Power 5 team. I would not have guessed that. Utah. Uh, let's see. They've got – They play Florida week one in the swamp, but I guess they're projected to be a slight – very, very, very slight favorite there. I take I, – I, I feel pretty confident about that. Um, Utah going to Florida. I mean, that's – that's still, even though everyone kind of knows how good Utah is, that's still a big name victory for them. Yeah, it that, is. That would carry a lot of water. If they can win that game and then make it through the Pac 12 with one loss and win the conference, shoot, they got to be in, right? No matter I think what, it's, really. Yeah, I think it's the Pac 12's best chance to make it to the playoff this year. I mean, I, do I think Utah is the best team there? Probably, though you know me, I've been trending on Oregon quite a bit uh, as of late. I, I just don't think Oregon's going to beat Georgia in week one. I yeah. think USC's going to get, I mean, curb stomped by Notre Dame and probably have four other losses. Yeah, man, if Utah beats Florida in week one, like that's you, you got to have a real conversation about them making the four-team playoff. Oregon's got a tough non-conference with at Georgia, or is that a neutral site? Is that, a- uh, that Well, it's in Atlanta, so it's basically yeah. a road game. At Georgia, and then BYU in the non-conference, and then they got to play Utah in late November. 
So, pretty tough schedule for Oregon. Yeah, I'll tell you the uh, toughest September schedule in college football this year. Listen to what Florida has in the first month with a brand-new head coach, Billy Napier. You've got Utah at home, all right? Mm -hmm. You've got Kentucky at home, so that's back-to-back top 20 probably opponents. South Florida at home, and then at Tennessee. <laughs> welcome to wow. the welcome to the SEC, Billy Napier. You, you better have a good, healthy camp and uh, make sure all those guys get nice and caught up to, to speed on what exactly you're going to be doing this year. Dang. That's wild. Huh. Well, it's, it's refreshing to hear that, that people think Oklahoma is going to be uh, a favorite against Texas now instead of a dog like we heard previously, which maybe it's the recruiting. It's Maybe it's the recruiting momentum. A bunch of guys that aren't going to play in this season, this uh, in any games this season, that's what's changed the tide in that, uh, that trend. And that weird recruiting momentum could affect a line. That's the Stupid. dumbest thing, literally the I, dumbest thing I've ever heard. I hope it doesn't, but it, it, that changes the way people bet. I mean, that's why a bunch of people think Texas A&M are going to be great this year. And yeah. I know that that – recruiting class that they signed are actually going to be on campus but I mean I if they're playing a bunch of the, of guys off of that recruiting class they're not going to be good they're going to be terrible yeah uh, we got to get to Bob coming up real quick I'll read this text by South Dakota sooner we got a lot to get to yeah Austin is tough ask Kansas how tough lol <laughs> it is true and it's never not funny but I was reminded of this uh today I think this morning it's that not only did Kansas beat Texas in Austin, but do you realize that snapped KU's conference road uh, loss streak that extended back to like 2008-2009? It had been <laughs> over a decade, and Texas is the one that helped him snap it. God, even more pathetic. Yeah. Well, over it's knocking on the door 15 years Seriously. ago. Man, Gino was there. <laughs> yeah, And Texas was lucky to be in that game, by the way. KU controlled it by two touchdowns basically the entire time. Yeah, they they tried to open the door for him and let him come back yeah. and win the thing. It's like, hey, we know this is going to be embarrassing for you guys. Would you come win it, please? Unbelievable. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Coach Stoops joins us next. Layman, we are the home of Sooner fans. It's our favorite segment of the week when we get to catch up with Coach Bob Stoops, and we get to do that now. Teddy, did you uh, see Bob's tweet from a few days ago of him standing on the beach with uh, like three rock and roll tequila bottles? I didn't. I'm glad I didn't because I would have been jealous. Uh, beach awesome. sounds pretty good right now, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, Bob, how's the beach? I need three more bottles. Hey, those are open already. Is that because of you or because of Maddie McMillan? <laughs> More Maddie than me, but That's what I uh, so anyway, we got a got a little crew down here, so it's been uh, having a good time with it, and uh, we have had a few rock and roll drinks, which is great. Oh, uh, that's good. Do you get uh, Do you get nervous? I still kind of get nervous this time of year, whenever everyone starts uh, headed off to. To training camp, I have this feeling like I'm supposed to be somewhere. Like, like I'm uh, I'm laying in the dorm room and the alarm didn't go off or something. Still, every time of this year, whenever people start heading off to camp, I get nervous, a little anxious. But then, I'm I'm, I'm glad that I'm not going through it. 
Well, that was I only put up with that with myself for the first two years. After that, <laughs> I was free of it. Yeah. Well, they're about to head off uh, right now to camp, and it sounds like the OU had a good summer. The guys put in a bunch of good work there with Schmitty. And um, I wanted to ask you about camp whenever it comes to position battles. And I think some positions are different than others. But, you know, we hear we always hear the, you know, like the iron sharpens iron. When you got these position battles, it you know, it, it pushes guys maybe to new heights. And I wonder, do you ever think that, like, whenever a guy is locked into a spot earlier that, maybe the confidence comes in a little bit more and they settle into their position. I always wondered, you know, whenever those position battles lead right up into the into the season and maybe, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season, it, can that hamper guys at all? I don't think so. I, I believe in you should be challenged every day. Uh, the more you're challenged, the better. Uh, you know, guys respond to it. It makes – it builds depth. Uh, if, if there is a position battle, that means – Two guys are going after it that are really quality players, and they make each other better. And uh, and you know as well as anybody, you're at a place like OU, you you better be better every day, or or someone else is looking for your spot. So um, anyway, I always I always thought it was great when there was two guys going after it, you know, going after it hard and playing well, and it you know it made them both better. Coach Bob Stoops is our guest. Uh, long way to go until National Signing Day, and it's not a surprise, but have you been seeing all this recruiting momentum that Brent and the staff have right now? It's pretty incredible. I have, and it's not surprising. Um, I think I was on with you guys not long ago, a few weeks ago, maybe before all of this happened. And and I said to give it time. Brent's very purposeful at OU. We don't want guys just committing on a on a little bit of a whim they think they want to go but they're not really committed but he wanted guys to wait until they were really sure and hopefully that leads to less decommitments you know you, you never know but but you know that's the way they recruit they got a, a staff that really works hard at it and and they're emphatic that when you commit to us that you really mean it and and that's what's transpired hopefully here this last month you know, it's like I said it before. Like if I committed to marrying my wife here in February, but I'm going to date these other five girls in the meantime and go visit them, even though I'm committed to you, is that really a commitment? And I think my wife would go for that. So I don't think any of yours would either, right? Uh, no, no way. No chance. You're committed, you're committed, and you're all in, or you're not committed. And that's the bottom line. So hopefully... You know this. You know, this will stay the way it is and, and get better, and I think it will. But again, that's Brent's style. How he's recruiting. His staff works hard at it, and they do a great job of a bunch of guys with great personalities. So it's been, uh, you know, it's been fun to see though. So I'm, I'm glad to see it come, you know, it come this way in such a positive way. One of the things I kind of wondered about, uh, you would think that it would be a little bit more difficult this this class specifically this first class whenever you're recruiting guys kind of on the idea of what it might become uh, of what you know the future is and kind of what what you're aiming towards but they haven't had a chance to see what your product looks like on the field 
Um, you, is that yeah, true, they, or does uh, that even matter? They've, they've seen it. They've seen Brent Venable's defense play. Yeah. They've seen they've seen Jeff Leppy's offense play. Uh, they've seen OU through the years, historically one of the most consistent and good programs in the country. So they they there's a lot to trust there. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a track record and a history. Brent does. Guys on his staff do. Jeff Levy, all the guys on offense, all those guys that are in that room, they all have a track record. It's pretty positive. OU has a track record. So, you know, so that's uh, you know, that that says a lot. Um, I think when I walked in there in '99, Brent's got a heck of a lot better track record than I did. I had three years at Florida and one national championship, but Brent said not only the history of OU, but then at Clemson. You put it all together, it's a pretty strong track record. So players, recruits can trust that, and uh, and they are. Did I see where uh, you found out the OU basketball team was headed to France and you told Porter Moser they need to go to Normandy? Is that right? Yeah, it was at a, we were all together at a casual, fun uh, dinner, uh, and I was with Porter and a few other guys, and, and we were talking about it. You know, I, I had just gotten back to France from this spring, and asked how it was, what was so good about it, and because they were heading over there. And so, I, anyway, I just told them about our trip to Normandy, or we stayed in Bayou, a little town up near Normandy, and had a great trip. Incredible history and uh, lesson and an amazing place to visit and see. And I'd encourage anybody that's within striking distance, if you're over there, to go. I'd love to see it. Love to see it. Definitely, that's uh, that's on the bucket list for me. Uh, I I don't know how much you've had a chance to, you know, to kind of stay up to date on any of the other teams in the Big Twelve. Um, but uh, I wanted to ask you about Baylor and and Dave Aranda and what he's done there. And obviously, Matt Rule before him left him a a, a good solid base of of. Uh, you know, philosophy and, and players, and they had done a good job. So, you know, he didn't build it from nothing. But I, it seems like it's it's pretty special what Baylor's been able to do, uh, considering where they are. Um, you know, where they kind of fall in the pecking order and recruiting in Texas, it, it seems to be difficult. But man, do they put out a tough physical football team year after year? Yeah, no, no question about it. Um, yeah, I thought Matt Rule did a great job when he was there. I really, and then uh, Dave Aranda's done an exceptional job also. Uh, very, just very tough, as you said, a good, solid physical defense. Offensively, same thing, tough, really good run game. Uh, I thought their quarterback last year, Bohannon, was outstanding. I loved him. Yeah. And then he gets beat out. So, uh you know, so anyhow, they're... That's they're kind of scary gonna, if you think about it. <laughs> what's that? I said it's kind of scary if you think about it. Guy took him yeah. uh, all the way, won the Big 12, and they said you he can find somewhere out. else to play. Yeah, that's wild. But anyway, um, yeah, they're they're doing a really good job. And, and uh, you know, Dave, I'm sure, you know, with his background, very sound fundamentally. And, and I was very impressed studying them last year. We had... You know, of course, their game with OU with uh, the big noon kickoff with Fox. So, anyhow, um, uh, they are doing an excellent job. Good, good, strong, tough players as well. 
Yeah, it's a it's a good lineup of coaching right now in the Big Twelve. I think they'll be just fine whenever OU and Texas leave and they bring in the other schools. Uh, we got some really good young coaches making their way right now. All right, Coach, we appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the beach. Yeah, enjoy the beach. See if you can uh, round up some more of that rock and roll tequila. You guys have a good time out there. <laughs> All right, guys, good to be with you. Boomer All right, soon. Coach. All right, there we go. Coach Stubbs checking in from the beach. I love that. No, he was, uh, he, he was kind enough because yesterday, you know, Brent texted you and asked to come on. It was like, oh, we're supposed to have Bob on today. Bob moved it back to today. I'm pretty sure that he understood the situation there. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, very good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Ah, uh, the beach sounds nice. I may have to take uh, another vacation or two before we actually kick this football season. I, I'm doing so next week, like a long weekend, a Friday and Monday, wow. going to the mountains. That's yeah. like your eighth vacation this year. Um, I'm trying to get to a point in life where I can have eight vacations. Yeah. That's where I'm trying to, that's where I'm trying to be. I'm, you I know think what? you should take every single day off you can oh and my then gosh. some. I totally agree with that. It's, it's just good mentally to have that, that's man. Right. And I, um, this is like the first vacation I've really not ever taken in August, but in a long time, because August kind of. Like we talked about yesterday, it's a tease. Like you think football is like a day away, but in reality, we still got 31 days until kickoff around here. And August vacation um, is 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 great if you really really care about college football. I think it helps it move move along a little bit faster. There's no doubt about that. I think at the station we should implement um, a mental health day. Like if we need a mental health day, we should be able to take it. I don't know if we have that policy. Haven't you been taking a mental health day every Friday during the summer? Was that what that's been about? You know what? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what that is. That's what I thought. I've got another job. Okay. All right. Well, I've got really poor mental health. Maybe I need another <laughs> one. All right. All right. Let's hit a quick break. More from the rush coming up. Hit us on the text line 651 3439. We'll be back. Eddie Layman, good stuff as always from Coach Bob Stoops. Appreciate him for joining us every single week. And yeah, he basically uh, did the I told you so when it comes to OU football recruiting. Yeah, I was on with you guys a few weeks ago and I told you to be calm and patient. It was going to happen. They're looking for a, a certain type of commitment and look what happened. Bam, they've got it in the past month. So yeah, Bob was right. Yeah, yep, it's it's gone really well. A little bit later, maybe, than some people had hoped, but it's really not that late. It's before – it's about the time whenever you would expect kids to start making it happen before – get it locked up where you can really focus on your senior season, improving as a player, uh, final year of school, all of those things. You've, you've got your major decision made and behind you, and you can start preparing. Yeah, so I think the timing is, is just about right. Kendall says, Teddy barely gets out of Goldsby, but has visiting Normandy on his bucket list. <laughs> Great point. Yeah, it's true. Might be cheaper than Disney World, just, just a thought. It's true. It is one of the places that I would really like to visit, but the circumstances have to be you ain't going to Paris. so perfect. You are. There's no way you ever go to Paris. Well, I don't... I, I wouldn't want to go to Paris. I, I mean, it's not – how far – it's pretty far away from Paris, isn't it? Uh, I mean, you can take a train there. I, I don't 
I don't know how far the train ride would be, Teddy. I, I don't think it's like 12 hours away or anything. Well, anyways, the text line is correct. It's probably not going to happen. I'll go there someday. It's right. number one on my bucket list. I'm going to make that happen. Yeah, as much as you guys uh, travel and get yes. out and do stuff, you'll, that, it'll probably happen. Hopefully so. Uh, from the 918, Tyler, do you feel vindicated? Bob agrees with you on Gary Bohannon. <laughs> that was a big moment for me during that interview. Because I was screaming for Bohannon to be the backup quarterback a few months ago. And remember the text line during that time? Oh, he sucks. What are you talking about? Right. Which well, I still don't understand that one. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. That is a, a big talking point, though. It's it's something that is it's not, probably not going to get many headlines here locally, but it could end up being, you hope it doesn't, but it could end up being one of the more important position battles of the entire year is who's the backup quarterback, you know? Yeah, uh, okay. It's going to be a position battle, and it doesn't necessarily have to work out this way, but I guess I get the vibe that everyone thinks General Booty is going to win that one pretty easily. Um, because there's a lot of scuttlebutt that he's he's a really, really good player. And not that Davis Bevel isn't, there just seems to be more buzz around General Booty than uh, Davis Bevel. Yeah, I don't know. I think Bevel maybe has a little bit more big-time playing experience. Well, he definitely does. He played in a New Year's Six Bowl game last year. Yeah, but... How much does that actually matter? Gosh, I don't know. I think that uh, General Booty has a little bit higher of a ceiling, perhaps. But I don't know. We'll just have to see how it plays out. And, you know, I think the young guys, Evers, is is going to continue to take some time to develop. That would be a lot to ask for him to be the backup cue right now. So, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely interested in it, though, because – you just you never know. You hope it's a case where your your starting quarterback stays healthy the entire year, but it doesn't always work out that way. Dodger Blaine says, if you go to Paris, you need to take your sweater to tie around your neck. <laughs> I could I could see that. Yeah, uh, it seems like I don't I don't like outdoor cafes and what? crap like that. I, no, I don't like that. What's what, what, what? You don't like outdoor cafes? Not like in what? the middle of a huge city. It just doesn't seem like I don't it's understand. not something that I would enjoy. What do you like? Indoor cafes? Yeah, I Eat like Libby. eating. I, I like, like eating, Libby's Cafe, not Paris cafes. No, That's what I like. I like eating indoors with the air conditioning, away hmm. from all of the sound and and noise going on in the middle of a gigantic city. Interesting. Okay. Well, it just doesn't. Huh. Now, I would like to see some of the museums there, but there's really nothing else that's appealing about Paris to me. God, does anyone want to travel with Teddy? Oh, this looks like a cool place. It's perfect weather outside. Look, here's an open table. I'd rather sit inside away from all the noise of the big city. Man, mm. you sound like a blast. What? I don't think that's a very controversial take on my end. I I I think um, there are probably definitely some people that would rather dine indoors. I just 
I guess I've never heard anyone with that strong of a take of an outdoor cafe before. Well, it wasn't so much about outdoor cafes as it was Paris doesn't interest me. Hmm. Hey, I'm not totally sold on Paris either. Paris, I can take it or leave it. But if I have to endure Paris for a day or two to get to uh, the Normandy beaches, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I'll probably enjoy the uh, the outdoor cafe, as yeah. you called it, while I'm there. Yeah. But you wouldn't really enjoy it, but you would do it just, like, to go along. You're way better at that than I am. Yeah, that's true. I'd rather go to Coweta than Paris. It's from the 918. Yeah. Uh, Coweta is the Paris of northeastern Oklahoma. As a lot of people say that. Travis says, went to Madrid and Paris on the same trip. I'd go back to Madrid ten times before I went back to Paris once. Love Boom. Boom. Vindicated. Thank you. Do you think uh, going to Paris, in terms of the locals, I'm not talking about the architecture or anything like that, but I could see a scenario where going to Paris is a lot like Austin, Texas, where the vibe is, <laughs> we're just a little bit better than you. Oh, yeah. You think? That's the notorious vibe for Paris. Absolutely. Uh, the only difference is you've got a horrible language gap, and maybe it's better now, but for the longest time, the reputation is that people in France are pissed if you can't speak French and don't want to help you out at all, uh, which I kind of understand. Teddy I mean, sounds like the first cafeteria guy. Teddy in Paris would be like Muleshoe in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Olive Garden is on Teddy's bucket list. Hey, now that is... Uh, unlimited breadsticks. I bet they don't have unlimited breadsticks anywhere in Paris. You think they have... What all American chains do you think they have in Paris? you think they have Olive Garden over there? There is definitely a Tony Roma's in Paris, <laughs> right by the Eiffel Tower. Because when, um, when you go to Times Square... like There's an Olive Garden in Times Square. Um, there's a Sbarro Pizza in Times Square. And I would like to believe that, yes, there's a Tony Roma's Maybe even inside the Eiffel Tower. Wouldn't that be sweet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ever been to that place before? I think I have, but it's been so long <laughs> that I can't remember. <laughs> I think it's been 10-plus years for everyone. Right. There's got to be one in Vegas still somewhere. Please. Uh, what else we got on the text Paris line? is New York with French people. Smells like garbage and cigarettes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not that controversial of a take. Teddy, Teddy probably liked the high school cafeteria because it had air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? Uh, let's see. I agree with Teddy. Who wants to sit outside and fight flies while you eat? Yeah, you guys are fun. Thank you. Flies, uh, cabbies in downtown Paris, honking. You know, everywhere else in the world, people use their horn nonstop whenever they drive. Here, like, if you honk the horn, someone may pull out a gun and shoot you. That's not how it is everywhere else. Everywhere else, it's like used as a, hey, look, I'm here. Don't hit me. It's just constant honking and beeping. Great point on the text line. The French would be speaking German if not for us, the U.S., twice. So much for their superiority. So, yes, it is a lot like Texas fans. They have this air of arrogance about them, but... Well, France basically gave it up in six weeks to Germany, and I've seen Texas season normally end in about six weeks as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's going to 
it's the invasion is going to look very similar when Alabama comes to town in week two. Yeah. I, and I'm sure France blew a 28-7 lead um, at some point in World War II. No, they lost everything, coin toss included. <laughs> they really did, Germany. Uh, they, that, that, was, that was great, though. Thank you. I, we've got like 90 Paris texts on the text line <laughs> that we probably won't get to today, but I appreciate the interaction, everyone. All right, let's hit a quick break. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number one next. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number one of the rush on this Wednesday. Cavens does it all, whether it's uh, facility maintenance, restoration, roofing, remodeling. They can do anything for your home or your office building as well. CavensConstruction.com to find out more about uh, everything that Cavens provides. Here's maybe the nicest thing that anyone has ever said to you before on the Air Comfort Solutions uh, heat and air text line. It's uh, you all sound very American and very Oklahoman. Now, the rest of the text isn't very nice, but that first sentence right there, I think that's exactly what you're aiming for. Let's hear the rest. I'm, well, I'm anxious about the rest of the sentence. That's you all mean. sound very American and very Oklahoman. To be fair, most people in Paris are a lot more educated and speak multiple languages. Americans have the reputation of being loud and obnoxious overseas, so can't be too surprised when Americans come to France and expect everyone to still speak English in their home country. Thanks for listening from France, uh, by the way. Uh, When it says come to France, that means they're there as they text, right? We are worldwide Um, via the Ref app. I'll have the texter know... I speak multiple languages as well. I speak English. I speak Oklahoman. I speak Spanish. And yes, I even took four years of French in hike school. Okay? Did you pass any of those years? Yeah. Hmm. I mean... Somewhat. You're gonna have to add. You're gonna have to add southern to. to we're all gonna have to add southern to that here in about two years. Southern hillbilly, uh, all kinds of of different dialects. Okay, so don't be so offended by. And I didn't even say it. I said the um, the reputation used to be about French people. Okay, maybe that reputation has changed. I know Americans are viewed as morons around the world. <laughs> this text says, the people of France aren't tough. <laughs> and I can't stop laughing at it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, to try to get things back to college football. I don't know. This is pretty awesome. Ivan Mazel on On3.com did his 10 things to ponder as the 2022 season draws ever closer. I found this fascinating. Like, 10 things to ponder, that could basically be anything in the sport going into the season. And it was, like, the major storylines. What to make a Clemson this year. Um, you know, Bryce Young, can he win his second Heisman Trophy? Buy or sell on Texas? Like, those are major storylines. And then he says, an underrated week one gem. Basically saying that Central Michigan and Oklahoma State is massively under the radar, and do not be surprised if Central Michigan really pushes Oklahoma State in Week One. I think I, I think OSU is like a twenty-one point favorite in that game, 
But might he be right that this is an underrated week one gym that I think is on that opening Thursday night? Yeah. Um, what uh, McIlwain's still up there, right, at Central Michigan? Yeah. He's supposed and, to be wearing a shirt this time around in the game, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> right. Uh, all I could think about is points to ponder. Uh, you prob- Are you too young for Reader's Digest? Did you get Reader's Digest as a kid? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, I'm very familiar with it, but I'm very much in the Sports Illustrated heyday. And remember the old Highlights magazine? Like the, yeah, the kids? Yeah. yeah. We get those yeah, now. We get those now. That's still a thing? Yeah. Wow. And it's cool. still the – you'll love this. The Highlights magazine – the only reason you wanted them was for the pictures that had the hidden things in yes, them, right? Yes, yes, yes. Now it's basically just like 10 different hidden picture deals is really what that magazine is now. No wonder it's still around. That's brilliant. That is how you play yeah. to your base. That was uh, during the same time frame as, remember the, uh, the chicken soup books? Chicken soup for the soul. Chicken soup for the, like, I remember category. it, but I don't, I don't. I don't know if I ever... I think those were in bathrooms all across the country back in 1999. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Central Michigan is is going to be probably a good, solid team this year. But this is this is a different Oklahoma State team than they've had in years past. I, I've got to give credit to Mike Gundy. He has built a tougher more physical, more discipline-oriented football team. This is not like your old air raid, try and go out and outscore people. It's a different philosophy, and they've, so far, if they can continue that into next year, they've done a really, really good job with it. All right, that's it for hour number one. More from The Rush coming up. Stay tuned. We'll be back.